So the key is don't talk about it too long because there's great testing platforms out there now. But the idea is get it up as fast as you can and run it and, and see what works. Welcome to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a marketing leader's guide to digital consumer experiences. You're about to hear an episode full of insights from marketing leaders to help you build meaningful moments and relevant digital experiences for your consumers. Join us as we hear from marketing leaders about their experiences with data and personalization, digital marketing trends, and expert advice on how to grow your business and connect with consumers. Let's get started. Welcome back to Beyond Conventional Marketing. I'm your host, Diane Kang. Today, I'm super excited to introduce you to our special guest, John Becker, Chief Marketing Officer of Investors Business Daily. Hey, John, how you doing? Hey, Diane, great. Uh, Good to be with you today. Awesome. Well, I'm really glad that you get to join us. I know that you have lots of really cool things to share. So maybe before we get started, why don't you kick us off with a quick introduction? Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself such as like, how'd you get into financial news and research? You know, when did you know you want to be a marketing? Well, when, oh, that's a long one. Well, back in high school, actually, I was in the marketing club in high school. Yes, I was that, that geek who was like uh, into advertising on, on TV and, and outdoor and, and, and print back in the day. I knew I was going to be majoring in, in, in business. And uh, so I went to, to school got a degree. I actually got a joint degree, uh, political science and and business. I decided, well, I probably need a little more education than that. The political science part is not going to do too much for me. So I went to business school in Chicago. During that that stretch of school, I started working at Leo Burnett, um, which is a, a big ad agency in Chicago. I, I finished my MBA while I was at Burnett, and I worked on some amazing accounts back in the day, Kraft and, and United Airlines and McDonald's. And we relaunched the the Altoids brand in the U.S. for Kraft, which was a really, really super cool project. And it went from like kind of like a no-name brand to a, a household name over the years. And then I worked at a few other agencies in Chicago. And I had always thought maybe I would move to California and, you know, had enough of Chicago winters. And uh, so moved to L.A. I worked at a small branding agency, worked in entertainment for a year, which was plenty that <laughs> a year was quite enough for me. And then a uh, yeah, position opened up at, at IBD in marketing. And I had always been interested in the, in the stock market since I was a kid. And uh, I think I bought my first stock, you know, when I was like, like 12 or 13 or something like that. And, and I forced my parents to open accounts <laughs> so, I, so I could trade. Was this before or after you joined the, the marketing club? At this was before. Yeah, this is, I was like 12, 13. And so this is like, you know, middle school. And so I always had a passion for marketing and, and, and the market. So when this position opened up, I'm like, wow, this is a great hybrid. It, it brings my two passions together. And so I joined IBD. So as you said, I'm, I'm CMO. And so I over, uh, you know, lead the marketing team, creative services, our events team, and customer success. And for those folks that don't know IBD too, too well, we're a financial research and education company. And we have a suite of digital products and apps that are all subscription-based with the goal of helping our members make more money in the market. And on, on the education side, we have a vast amount of educational resources for our customers, everything you know, from webinars and podcasts and product training to 
infographics and videos and email series and online resources. So all of those are focused on helping our customers invest smarter, become more successful traders. Cool. So from your first time joining IBD to now, what are some skills that you thought that you really grew into that education didn't necessarily teach you right off the bat? Well, we have a super entrepreneurial environment. So um, some of the companies I worked for prior to that were were larger and none of them were huge, like like a GM or anything like that. But, you know, Leo Burnett had about two or 3,000 people in the office in Chicago. And then I worked for some mid-sized agencies, which are, you know, several hundred people. But, you know, IBD at the time was uh, about 120. And so it, it was it was uh, a unique experience getting used to that that environment. Like we always work really fast in, in the agency business. I mean, you have to move super fast, get things done very quickly. So that part of it was okay. But it was just like, you know, coming in the job and you're like, okay, wait, I'm managing like like five teams at once. <laughs> and like, you know, and uh, so getting used to that and uh, also just, you know, th- this sounds kind of kind of maybe weird, but like the close environment of the office space that we had, because like there, you know, were uh, that 120 people were in very small piece of real estate. And and so we were, we became a tight knit family super quickly in, in the marketing and creative services department, for sure. Amazing. Well, I guess that's a good segue to you went from kind of joining this group and managing all these different teams at once what did you have to do to kind of bridge together everyone's approaches and their beliefs, especially when it comes to digital marketing? Like how did you get everyone aligned so that you're moving towards kind of the marketing goals and initiatives that you were fighting for? The the good thing is like when, when I started, there was a, a pretty good core team and then we expanded to that over time. And like all the the folks on my team are, you know, they're super entrepreneurial. They're they're super smart, and and they move quickly. So in in the digital space, as you know, you that's that's what you have to do. And, and about ninety percent of our marketing is is digital, and that's been the case for like at least probably six or seven years. And the other thing that that's really important um, is that that spirit of like testing and of throwing out ideas. And and we have a team that I mean they they thrive on on the data that we do have and I think we're still a little behind in on, on the data front, but the data that we do derive from our platforms and our testing platforms, you know, we put that into action in, in real time. You know, my team loves it. We have side bets on what what piece of creative is going to win or what landing page is going to win the test, and so we're in the state of continual uh, optimization of like all the campaigns and, and everything that we have running. They're an amazing group of people that get an incredible amount of work done uh, on a daily basis. Very cool. Let's kind of maybe dig a little bit deeper into that area that you were talking about around testing and experimentation. Why don't you maybe walk us through how do you decide what things to test and when to actually experiment? It sounds like you guys can have tons of different ideas and the team is, of course, limited to how many people you have. So how do you help to prioritize which ones to try and which ones to actually make those bets on, right? I mean, yeah. there's just so many ideas you could be going after and so many ways to to really help that consumer experience. So how do you think about that and how do you kind of transition into why it's important and, and how you approach it? Well, first of all, we'll test anything pretty much. So what it comes down to is because there are a lot of ideas, you're right. So it's you know, we prioritize them based on you know, like impact on, on revenue 
or impact on the subscriber base. So if something can really help our subscribers, you know, and, and help them understand the products better, help them, you know, learn the market faster, our methodology faster, you know, we'll put that towards the top of the list. And like on, on the acquisition side, yeah, it's based on, on revenue. What's the potential? Is this a, a big test, like a, a shopping test or a store test, which has, you know, could have a huge impact on the bottom line? Or is it landing pages or is it a button color? And so we, what we tend to do is, is start big and bold. Start with the, like the real big th- things. Like if we're testing two landing pages, for example, we'll have two completely different creatives and messaging and, and everything. And, and we'll see what wins and iterate off of that. And, and so then you start drilling down from like, okay, you have this big concept and they can start testing headlines and, and, you know, button colors and, and, you know, content and all of those different things after you kind of figured out like what, what of the two directions is resonating most with consumers. Well, I know a lot of brands are always looking to start doing that experimentation, and it sounds like you guys have done a a good amount of it. Where do you think as maybe like a tip or a hint, if you want to start experimenting to make sure that like that first test that's coming out is going to be actually helpful? Like I can imagine a lot of times when you start running a test, it doesn't really come out the way you expect it to, or it's not executed in the, the way that you're hoping for it. So how do you kind of get ahead of that? especially as you're thinking landing pages seems like quite large. I mean, were there times where you you botched it up and you had to kind of come back to it? Or how did you make sure that what you were putting out there was going to give you like feasible results to actually address and, and compare them to? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things. First, what, what I was just talking about is key, like prioritizing the, the, the test based on their impact, right? That's definitely the first thing. But, but second thing I would say is move fast. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to fail. I mean, not every test is going to be a winner and that's why you test because you don't know. And it's, it's amazing that, you, you know, you see a piece of creative or landing page or something and you think, oh, wow, that, you know, I really think that one's going to win. And, you know, sometimes it does. And sometimes the, the, the other approach wins. So the key is don't talk about it too long because there's great testing platforms out there. Now we use Adobe target and, uh, there's, there's, you know, a bunch of others, but the idea is like get it up as fast as you can and you know run it and see what and see what works. Don't talk about it for two months, right? I mean, just if you want to get a, if you want to get a lot of results and optimize over time, you can't spend two months on each iteration of a test, right? I mean, you have to be out there doing it quickly. And so, just realize like not not everything's going to win, or and not everything's going to work. And, you know, you move on to the next one and the next one and maybe the next three in a row work. And all of a sudden you've optimized the heck out of this landing page and, you know, you're getting a thousand orders. Now you're getting 1800 orders and you extrapolate that over, you know, multiple landing pages, multiple products over a year. That's, you know, that's a lot of revenue for the company. So, yeah, move quickly. And the other thing is, you know, unless it's just completely crazy and outlandish and doesn't doesn't fit your brand at all. Test some crazy stuff. I mean, some things outside of your wheelhouse that you you typically wouldn't do. Again, they they still fit your brand, but you know, oh, this is kind of a unique approach for this or uh, for us, or this is a little bit you know outside you know what we traditionally do. So, I would encourage that too because it's amazing how often those things win. Do you have an example of an idea that you thought was? so outlandish that it wasn't going to work and you bet against it, but your team was adamant to try. 
Was there something that you can recall on that front where you're just like, I'm blown away that this actually worked? Oh yeah, no. Hey, I've been I've been wrong a ton. So believe me, I I've paid out a lot of uh, bets on on tests uh, over the years. W- one is like we uh, this about you know a year ago we we did this test of of creative, and and one of the the creative team members did some like animations, and I was like, wow, okay, that it's super slick and it's cool, but I, I'm not sure if it fits our brand, and 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 she explained why it did, and I kind of got the, you know, the strategy that she was talking about. So, you know, we ran it and it did incredibly well on social, super, super good on social. And, you know, we've even employed that in in some other areas since then. So we've kind of expanded on some of that. It's it's, it's a little fun, a little playful, and, you know, it's definitely reaching a new audience and bringing some new folks into the ecosystem, which is great. That's one example. Amazing. Yeah, I can, I can see that sometimes experiments that we think may not work. It's all about actually trying it and getting those results. Otherwise, it's just very theoretical and and no one really knows whether it's going to work or not. So I think that's a a really key takeaway is don't sit on the idea for too long, really get it out there. It sounds like you guys are working on fast cycles within weeks or at most like a month, but not going past that two-month cycle. So I guess kind of going forward, it seems like testing, experimenting is still very big on your list. Are there any sort of other kind of marketing initiatives that your team is really proud or excited to tackle in the upcoming year? Well, yeah, there's there's a, a few actually. First is our influencer program, which, you know, this is kind of unique. I think we're probably the first company to develop an influencer program in, in the financial space. And we may still be the only one because I'm not sure anyone else is doing it. But we, we did the, we started this about three years ago. And so we have about 25 ambassadors in the program. And what we're looking to do like over the next year or so is we, we have a committed person on it now managing the program. And so we're really looking to grow that and bring in more influencers, more micro influencers. So, you know, folks that maybe don't have like 100,000 followers or 500,000 followers, more like 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 and kind of grow with them and they can grow with the program. So we're looking at at bringing uh, those type of folks in and also expanding on new platforms. Like we're currently on like Twitter, our influencer on Twitter, stock twits, which is like Twitter for, for, for stocks. And uh, we have some folks on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, but there's Snap and, and TikTok. And, and so those are two platforms that we can cultivate moving forward. And I think there's a lot of opportunities, especially for reaching like folks outside of our ecosystem, young, younger people that are interested in investing and finance. And then also like broadening the relationships with our current influencers. And um, we've done that with, with, with a couple guys so far where, Hey, you know, we have the typical influencer deal, but also, you know, they come on our podcast, we go on theirs. They come on our webinars, we go on theirs. And, and I think there's a lot of opportunity to really broaden the relationships. Evan Medeiros is one of our influencers and he start, recently started a podcast and we're the exclusive sponsor of, of his podcast. And so, you know, he's reaching some some new audiences on, on YouTube and the podcast platforms. And, and so consequently, so are we. And um, so there's a lot of opportunity there and, and we all like that program a lot and it's, it's done really well for us and the influencers are happy with it. We're happy with it. So we're looking to grow that. The other thing that I'm psyched about is our MoneyWorks program. Now, as I told my team, this is the only time 
I'll talk about a, a big initiative that doesn't involve driving revenue. <laughs> um, our Money Works program is our financial literacy platform. And we recently launched that. And the goal of the platform is to provide students and, you know, whether it's high school students, trade school, you know, community college, college, grad school, but provide them with the tools and resources and content they need to be successful in their financial life after school. And so we recently launched the first module of that, which is personal finance. And what I love about the program and the feedback that we've gotten on it too, is like, we're not trying to explain everything, right? We're not, it's not 10,000 words of, uh, on each piece of content and we're not focused on everything. We're focused on really key areas. Like why is your credit score important? And how does that impact like several different areas of your life? You know, how to buy your first car, you know, how to buy uh, your first house or rent your first apartment, what, when, and how to start saving, you know, for your future. Like these are all really key topics where if you just know those things that I just said, you're way ahead and you're really going to be positioned for success. And so the next module that we're going to launch in about a month or two is intro to investing, which is, you know, you know, how to invest, what, what are the markets all about types of investments from, you know, Bitcoin to stocks Mm -hmm. to ETFs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And then the the third module will be more advanced. It's kind of like the IBD type of investing where we use fundamental analysis and technical analysis. So we're all psyched about that program and the the feedback from subscribers and, and, you know, uh, the IBD team and like just people externally has been like overwhelmingly positive. And so, so we're psyched about that. Amazing. I mean, it sounds like you're really kind of moving to a different stream of users that could be really benefiting from really great financial advice, right? It sounds like from the influencer side, I guess before we we wrap up, is there any sort of requirements to be an influencer? Like, do you actually, can you just be interested in finance and have a social profile or do you have to be somehow skilled in finance and have that kind of 10,000 at least followers? But I know we definitely have a lot of listeners that are kind of getting into that financial journey and what could be something that you guys help support on that front as the first part. And then for the second part with the money works, that's super, super impressive. I know it's, it's a big thing as people are venturing out onto their own. And is there anything that you're looking for from that side to bring a little bit more kind of like some focus on that? And what are some of the initiatives you're using to get as many people to, to join that program? Well, in terms of influencers, yeah, we're really looking for for folks that that are you know they invest for a living. I mean, that's that's their passion. Whether they're you know a financial advisor or you know a professional trader, we're looking really looking for people that are like that's what they do one hundred percent of the time, right? And there are are quite a few people out there actually. And the the way that we've sourced people is twofold, like word of mouth. One one of our influencers talks to somebody else and they're like, oh, you should get involved in IBD's program. And and they call us. So we've been getting a lot of calls coming in from, from folks interested in the program. We also use a Creator IQ, which is a platform that we use to, to track the influencer program and do reporting. Plus, it's a great way to source up new influencers. And so, yeah, we're, we're looking probably for like 10,000 minimum followers and, and a, a certain de- degree of knowledge in, 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 in the financial field and really folks that fit our brand because we're, we're not, you know, we don't get into penny stocks and things like that. So or super, super risky stuff. So, 
you know, th- those people really wouldn't fit our brand and our products and the type of content that we have. So what we really got lucky in the first round, a lot of our influencers were already using our products. So they were like power users of MarketSmith or Leaderboard or IBD Digital. And so they knew our products inside and out. So it was like this really, really natural fit. And that's um, that's a big way of how we've grown the program as well is we've sourced out, you know, heavy users of our products. And, you know, if, if they have that following on social and, you know, if, if their content resonate, we think it would resonate with our uh, audience and, and new audiences that we're trying to bring in, we bring them into the program. And so that that's sort of the requirements that we're looking for. On the money work side, yeah, it, it's super fresh and super new. And like you so said, we're, we're, you know, we're hitting the social platforms really hard. We're, we're looking into developing some things for TikTok and Snap that kind of like lead into the MoneyWorks program, like really, really simple, you know, snackable videos that uh, kind of explain the program or delve into certain topics like uh, in, a, in a very easy way. But the, the great thing about what's going on now is, well, as you may know, we've we're recently acquired by Dow Jones. And so now we're working with the other Dow Jones brands, MarketWatch, WSJ and Barron's. And they they all have financial literacy efforts going on too. So there's this really cool, unique opportunity for us to cross promote all of our programs to members of of the different brands and to their ecosystems. And so you know, I, I think through that effort, we'll be able to really expand the reach and engagement of those programs for for everybody. And and so that that's super exciting. Awesome. What a great story. I feel like there's this is definitely where the world needs to move towards. And I'm really excited that you're in charge of running this because I know through all the testing, experimenting, that whether it's influencer platforms or money works, it's going to go somewhere. So overall, that's all the time that we have for today. Huge shout out to John for making the time. And please stay tuned for future episodes of Beyond Conventional Marketing. Thanks for joining us. What if you could provide all of your consumers the most relevant digital experience? With predictive personalization at the heart of your digital marketing strategy, you can build meaningful relationships with consumers and grow your business quickly. Brainify's AI-driven platform can help you at any stage of your personalization journey. Whether you're looking to collect data, optimize customer journeys, or curate predictive personalized experiences, Using one line of code, Brainify integrates with any marketing tool you already use in just two weeks. Ready to learn more about creating personalized digital consumer experiences? Connect with us at brainify.ai. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a Brainify podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and share it. To learn more about creating delightful digital experiences, join us for the next conversation.